Welcome, everyone, to the Balinesian Podcast, episode 26. Now, uh, getting underway. I am Lance Falichongo. I'm Forrest Odoa. Media! Stodolau. For sure. Rocked a lot. The Polyfest had the media pass. You're up there taking photos on stage, front of stage, getting the crowd, getting the artists. Yeah, posting man. Posting up the pics and stuff you have. Dope, man. Dope to see. Thank you. What an opportunity, man. Uh, I mean, at 42 years old, this is the kind of stuff I still geek out about. I mean, I can go outside right now and look at the sunset or look at the stars tonight and still be like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? That's just the type of person I am. But the experience uh, on Saturday was amazing, man. Um, I mean, I take photos, man. I shoot for people. But uh, and I've been I mean, and I'm not over here telling you I've been around celebrities. No, I mean, I mean, I've been around people who like musical arts like John Agapo who performed with the Fob Rockets uh by the way who are just an amazing band man uh just an amazing band all three of those guys are amazing but you know I mean I've, I've always been around John and John's always been around that you know I mean that type of environment so but to be part of like like I said I take photos and I'm a photographer uh that's my first actual event to be part of like the media crew and to be like on stage and take pictures for like the event itself which is yeah i can't describe the feeling it was dope the polyfest rocked a lot uh last saturday in auburn washington at the outlet there uh how many different artists uh did you photograph or like uh performed while you were uh recording uh i got i got uh a few uh, i got there and i think as we got there, we're entering the gate. I, I wasn't able to get, I, I got maybe like two shots, but I got it from like the parking lot or not the parking lot, but like outside with uh, with the general uh, public, not on stage or backstage was uh, uh, Tasty K1, uh, who's such a dope rapper, man. See, yep. He's so dope. He does like video reactions too. He's got a YouTube he does that, channel. Yep, yep. He's dope, man. And then even, even just when I was telling him about the I. He was out in the crowd with his boys and he was super excited that I asked for a photo. You know what I mean? And he, I told him I'd give him the photo. Real, man, dope dude. Uh, we got there as he was performing. Uh, we missed like, I think we missed uh, a couple of local artists that were there. Um, so I got to see Tasi uh, perform uh tossing one k up there and i think while we were walking around because i was with my niece and my nephew shout out to uh my nephew yava jr we call him baby at the house shout out to him uh also my niece uh leah who also just had surgery on her meniscus and her acl and she's back to walking around right now uh in rehab so i was with them so we went walked around for a little bit got something to eat um Man, the food vendors were also super amazing. Ooh, tell yeah. me a little bit about the food that was available. Uh, shout out to uh, one the, the one place that I know that there was there last year who sold out last year and then sold out super early this year was Otai Kingdom. Man, oh yeah, so dope. And uh, to my knowledge, that they don't actually have like um, an actual place of business, like they do it for events. So, mm-hmm. man. If you can catch them at one of these events, you got to go see them. Well, Thai Kingdom was good. Um, I think they had what was the name of the poke place? Big Island Poke, I think. Yeah, Big Island Poke. They were good. 
my niece got to try their carne asada fries. She said they were amazing. Hey. Okay, fries. They do. They put. I think they put like uh, the spicy ahi uh, sauce on the carne asada fries. I think my niece said mm. they were good. They were doing all kind of stuff. They had a uh, huli huli chicken was there. Um, there was just a bunch of people that were there. Really good food. Uh, and, and then like, and so there's there's like a food court, and then there's also like vendors to right. purchase. And then so like the the non food vendors that had um, the most noticeable for us, for me and you, would be uh, Live Also. Shout out to my guy, hey. Eli, man. Uh, they they got there a little late. They had some car trouble, but um, just like just just like the boss he is, man, he didn't let that stop him. Like he could have really just been like, man, I'm just gonna go enjoy the festival because. You know what I mean? They they got it wasn't too late. They got there probably like around the same time we got there, and they set up. Um, what time yeah, did you say it was? Uh, one one thirty. Mm-hmm. Actually, a really good time because you know what I mean the event started at eleven, but people really didn't start filing in until about that time. True. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. And but, then it, and then how long did the event go till? Till eight. Till eight. So it was a lot of time. Um. Lex Lex was there of Lex fifty five. Hey. Uh, there were uh, oh man, there was just who else was there? My guys were there from uh, man. See, and that and that's that's how you know that I was. I'm still just excited about the weekend because I can't. Um, oh, Left Coast was there. Left Left Coast screen printing was there. Uh, 24 Urban Wear, they were there. Polynesian Pride. Um, nice. They had some non-Polynesian, like Mokushu Tribe was there. They're a Native American tribe. So mm-hmm. they were they were out there. Uh, oh, man. It was a really, really good turnout. Like, nice. And so all these vendors are around the parking lot, and then you've got, like, a stage where acts are performing. Yeah. So the stage was... Uh, they had a big area, big part of the parking lot still open in front of the stage because they knew there was going to be yeah. a lot of people there. That and shit then, was packed. Um, so last year was packed. That's a crowd, bro. Yeah, no. The crowd was amazing. Um, everybody in the crowd, I mean, they were all on one vibe. You know what I mean? They just... Nice. They were having a really good time. Um, well, what would you say the age ranges of the crowd were? Man, you know what? Uh such a large age range actually nice. um you had also of course the younger kids i don't know if you saw my video lens on um, tiktok but there was a kid uh who was just when we first oh, got yep, him, yep. he was gigging and gigging. i apologize i didn't even get his <laughs> name but he was his energy was so cool when he first got there and you know i mean he was just he was so excited to be there and he was enjoying himself didn't let nothing bother him you know um he got to go on stage that was probably like that was so dope for him because uh, you could tell how excited he was nice. just to be on stage so man yeah man he was, he was such a uh, good dancer one he was a good dancer and yeah they saw him out there uh who saw him tama did tama job bless from uh island block radio so they caught him up on stage with another kid who was uh dancing in the, in the crowd too so uh before we start talking about that i have to also shout out uh my guys from uh, uh, the Kalapu Northwest, they're a Kaba club. Uh, my guy Tana, oh man, they were dope. They're dope. They were there last year too. Uh, 
but they they all show up they all show up and they what they do kava so they were passing out they were making kava and they were giving cups of kava i think they were five dollars a cup and they were selling bags of kava mm. selling their merch as well they're a bunch of great dudes man uh they do a lot of community work out in the pacific northwest too around the seattle area nice. so yeah bunch of really great guys man call up northwest how much are those bags of I didn't get the price of the bags because I didn't want to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go over there and check the prices because then I'm gonna end up buying one. And uh, yeah, any problem for me would be drinking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the crowd, the age range was. I mean, like I said, from younger kids, real like real small kids to. A bunch of grown-ups and that was dope to see them all kind of in one place mingled together mm-hmm. um, it's dope of course everybody who was in front of the stage was the age range from there was probably like i say like 23 to like 17. the closer the to the the closer to yeah. the front of the stage yeah the younger the age range got yeah so yeah, it was cool. I didn't see that. yo um, that was crazy when you were walking like through that uh that little the walkway between Oh yeah, in front yeah. of the crowd and, and the stage. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. really, you really turn and look into the crowd, and it's just faces and hands of people. Yep. Like it goes. Yep. It was like a really deep crowd, so it was really good to see that uh, turnout uh, and yeah. participation. Who uh, puts on the Polyfest? Uh, it's the Emerald Dynasty Entertainment, uh, run by DJ Loose Screws uh, and. Whose uh, real name is uh, Jesse Correa and his wife Victoria Correa. Um, two of the greatest, like you know, I mean, just most amazing people you can meet. Uh, I've known Jesse since American Samoa. He um, came out to go to high school in American Samoa for a little bit. He spent hey. some time at Maris with us. Uh, so when Ooh, he was at Maris, schoolmates. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, then he transferred out to Samoa. Uh, Victoria is she went to Samoa. So they're both homegrown from American Samoa. Jesse's, I think he's Jesse's originally from Seattle. Um, but yeah, man, they're they're, they're cool people, man. They're really good people, really good people. So uh shout out to Emerald Dynasty Entertainment and Jesse and Victoria for putting on a really great show. Well, yeah, let's uh let's try to get them on the show and see what, what's coming up next. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah, that'd be dope. Uh see what they got to, going on. Yeah. Um, this event, Eri got the double ten. He did. He did more space. More space. What, how did more you? Works. How did you like that? I liked it. I liked it because he had uh he had so much more stuff than he did at at, at um the four days of Aloha, so people could actually see the variety of things that he actually has. Like you know, what I mean, instead of um like if they didn't have it, Eri had to tell them to go online, but. You know, he had so much more stuff that you can still go online and check what he has because I'm pretty sure there's stuff online that he wasn't able to bring out. But, um, yeah, he had uh, – so when he was here at Four Days of Aloha, he had the tie-dye stuff, but um, I think he just had the sweaters, huh? Was it just the sweaters that he had tie-dye at uh, Four Days? Mm, I think so. Yeah. I copped the purple and gold right. tie-dye. And then him and Va and everybody else there, um, they were able to do the tank tops. So they had uh, tie-dye tank tops there. They had some, like, uh, I think that ears and stuff like that. A lot more stuff for, like, women as well. Um, but the two tents was great. I mean, because 
it just it, it's able you're able to put more stuff out there like a, a variety of stuff so how do you how do you put on an event we've seen seen Levasa go to a bunch of events we've seen uh uh jalu palooza an event created by one person right putting up uh is it just gathering uh vendors and performances it's you know i wish it was that easy but it's 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 the product of a whole bunch of people coming together um and so you still need permits um you need sponsors right. you yeah your vendors um then you need uh the performers if you're gonna have performers there uh just there's so much stuff that goes into it and man so and there's, that's why it's so incredible for those guys to put stuff like that on the, yeah there but there seems to be like a kind of like a guideline right there's like a performance happening there's vendors around it people right. come in sometimes they sell tickets sometimes it's free right um, i think most of the time like even even uh jesse and, and victoria had it free i want to say the first three years i know i went to two of them and they were both free and then this year uh a lot more it was a lot bigger a lot more performers uh a lot more artists came um the names were a little bigger uh they had tanel out there nice. um, they brought up kenyan brown uh you know butter they had Rayleigh brown there they had dj noise so, noise yeah yeah he had a really good set with the you being backstage with the or with the artists or uh on stage with them is there did you hear any secrets or any new drops coming up, like new music, new perform, new collabs? What's going on? Well, I mean, what a lot of the, if, if if they had new stuff coming out, they had they played it yeah on on Saturday. Mm, right? Okay. So I think Bina uh, Butter had a, a song she uh, played that was new over there. Uh, but for the most part, everybody was just they, they played their old stuff. Uh, I know Tanel. I think I don't know if she's still on tour, but she she was on tour and then she came here so she might still be on tour yeah with um, reno on hawaii that no, love hard oh tour my shout out to Tanel and yeah. uh mana entertainment yeah what would you say reno can sing yeah well i mean everybody knows that but like for me like <laughs> like, like i said uh I, I was anytime john went somewhere like to perform i was always like with john like i, I go listen and uh even if we're just like at the house like drinking or hanging out uh, you John would pop out the guitar and play. So, like live music to me is so much more different. Like you hear something live, like you hear Reno on TV, or you hear him like you know what I mean his music on like iTunes or Spotify. But to see like the range that they have when they're live is so much more different. It's yeah. Then really what you hear over and over in the yeah, song, yeah, there's exactly. more that they can do yeah. as entertainers, singers. Yeah. It's nice. I'm just thinking, what what's uh. I mean, we talked to we've talked to Eri about him wanting to do his own fashion show, and I'm like, bro, you could probably do your own festival. That could be a part of it. There's so many different right. creative outlets that all of us like vary between, like slam poetry, rap, writing, photography, like film, reels, edits. Like, we could totally put on performances oh, and yeah. like a film of like a film festival short film festival you get a bunch of poly artists showing like 
they just, just show had us that, something uh, dope that you you come up with that you want to put out yeah they just had uh the movie uh i haven't watched it yet and i feel bad because i'm hearing really good stuff about it and uh i should have been watched it but uh so Sefina, that came oh, out yeah. so you can go to their website and order the movie and you're able to watch it like that um i know they had like um certain venues in california and i think utah that showed it so definitely um the move in like not just like the polynesian people but uh the pacific you know what i mean south pacific itself the people from the south pacific um it's crazy it's just they're they're, they're all over now you know what i mean the door's been open and man we bum rushed the door pretty much so we're in there and now you just you know if, if you're if that's what you want to do you can see people doing it now before um i think visually it was hard for a kids to see you see themselves doing it because there wasn't too many people out there who were doing it and you couldn't put yourself you couldn't put yourself in in, in those people's shoes because you didn't see yourself there you didn't see uh, exactly brown people on on screen or at at the grammys or that that's not something for us right like, oh well it is but when you when you only see white people or not us up there you yeah. assume that that's just for them winning awards right. for oh, like great yeah. music or films or right. writings or changing the world that's just for those you know famous or you know those people yeah but when yeah. you start to see our own people do it, then you're like, oh, well, wait, I can, I could, I could do that. Like, I, I could can. be a movie star. I could be a chemist. I could be a building owner. I could be, you know, just there's, you start to see people in your community do stuff and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it's possible. That's a show. And this, I was talking with somebody and, we're talking about the importance of uh Tenel being on that show. And mm -hmm. the person I was talking with was like, Well, there's been other Polynesian on shows. Yes, I know. There's been a bunch. Uh they have the voice uh is it Australia and New Zealand, where there's always a whole bunch of polys like in the hey. top five, they get into the finals. They have one that they a girl that won before, or uh, you know, you have Reno, you've seen Reno on TV. Um uh, but the the stage that um Tanel was put on when she joined that show was a much bigger stage than we've ever seen anybody or of our people on. So the importance that and that she represented American Samoa, you know, because she could have just were like, you know, I'm Tanel from Carson or California or whatnot. But no, she chose to represent American Samoa. That's dope. That's dope. So now you have little kids in American Samoa or girls who are going to school, high school, um, knowing now that their chance of being on a show like that or being somewhere other than where they were told they were supposed to be, it's, it's possible for them now. They can see that it's possible. You know, they, they can believe a little bit more. So that's dope. And just, just like even Jesse and Victoria, the way they put these events together, you know, now you have people asking who put that event together. Oh, it was, hey. was it some one people that put it together. Yeah. Some one people, but so you, you can. This is a full, this is a dope, community event that people are talking about and they want to go to and they are going to and they are participating in and they're buying all the merch uh it's definitely something that is picked up 
a lot of steam and is like a yearly one of the yearly festivals now um definitely in the northwest and on the west coast so shout out to them for uh for putting that together that consistency over the years you show people that you know it's a we're gonna bring dope artists to perform we're gonna bring great vendors great food why wouldn't people want to show up every year if you consistently put out a great time that's just it seems like a a really good uh, business model right then we've got to figure out how to kind of emulate the successes that they've shown to kind of repeat that in different communities other than seattle or auburn right get that levasa fest in modesto we get you know stuff going on up here just it's it's encouraging to see these types of events happen amen um serena williams the greatest ever in a story to vogue today um on the cover said she is evolving away from tennis after the 2022 u.s open later this month she doesn't like the word retirement but that's basically what's happening serena williams has basically announced the end of her tennis playing career this year but also uh you know what i mean because she did say evolving away and i hate that people are going to try to pigeonhole her again like she just said she doesn't like Ooh. the word retirement so why not just all of us take her lead and say she's evolving away from the game which means she's expanding uh what she's going to do but it doesn't mean she's moving away from the game You've, you didn't hear her say she was going to leave the game you know what i so mean so she's she's going to continue to play I don't know if she's going to continue to play, but in some type of capacity, she's going to still be part of tennis. <clears throat> and that's what she wants. I'm, I'm, well, that's what I think she wants. And that's why she never used the word retirement. And even for her, um, people know, people that play sports, if you play sports like uh, competitively past high school or like through high, like in high school, you know how hard it is to, to leave a game like that. You know what I mean? Especially at, at her level. You man. Also, what le- what what does she have left to prove? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. What really. she, yeah, what hasn't she won? <laughs> right. You, know? you go down the numbers for Serena Williams: twenty-three Grand Slam titles, the most by one person in the open area. Hera, seventy-three singles titles, eighth all time. Um, Forty times she's gone to Grand Slam semifinals. And 33 times out of those 40, she's advanced to the finals. Um, her greatest competition was who? Maria Sharapova? Yeah. 20 and 2 versus Maria. Right. Throughout her career. Um, yeah. And uh, and right now, there's, there's people who are listening to you. I'm probably like, but she's lost before. Yes, we didn't say she was undefeated. no but even when she plays top talent in 555 career matches versus top 10 players she's 78 percent bro she's 435 wins in there like it's the goat can combine the next five like most grand slam winning people and it's barely more than what serena has it's um well i guess you could combine the 
next Grand Slam winning women tennis players. <laughs> but even at 23, she's got the most for a man or woman. Like, right. it's not people say she's the best woman tennis player. Yeah, she's also the best tennis player. The best tennis player. <laughs> the winningest tennis player. Like, who, who beats that? But I, would, I just want to read this paragraph from Vogue. Uh, this is Serena basically. Uh, this is an as told story uh, written in Vogue from Serena. I have never liked the word retirement. It doesn't feel like a modern word to me. I've been thinking of this as a transition, but I want to be sensitive about how I use that word, which means something very specific and important to a community of people. Maybe the best word to describe what I'm up to is evolution. I'm here to tell you that I'm evolving away from tennis toward other things that are important to me. A few years ago, I quietly started Serena Ventures, a venture capital firm. Soon after that, I started a family. I want to grow that family. Um, there's a, it, the story starts with uh, her talking about her, her daughter quietly whispering in the back, answering a question on one of these like educational apps. And it said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Serena could hear her daughter in the back seat whisper her answer, and it said, I want to be a big sister. And now Serena's got to think, well, okay, she wants to be a big sister. Serena herself had older sisters. like, But then why does, why does having children mean she has to stop playing tennis? Exactly. But it doesn't mean, and, and she knows that she doesn't have to stop, but it is, it is going to take some of her time away from you. I mean, so you obviously can't play. It's, it, it's su- it would be super difficult to win Grand Slam championships while in late-term pregnancy, right? So I guess yeah. that's that the reason that she can't continue to play is if she's going to use her body to make children, she can't be the championship Serena on the court, which is totally different from what men tennis players can do. Like you can have a bunch of children and it's, yeah, it doesn't really affect, it doesn't affect your body. No, but the one thing um, also is that it has nothing to do with the pregnancy is she's already have, she already has a daughter. And do you want to be that parent that um, has to talk to your daughter uh at her first play from a hotel room because you're at a tournament mm-hmm. or at the tournament thinking about your daughter uh, at her first tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes being a professional athlete and a parent. It, it's tough. I mean, a lot of people do it. A lot of professional athletes do it. But, you know, if, if you're more invested now in your family, then it'll take you away from the game. And because you, if if you're as competitive as I've halfway into the game you know what i mean because you're thinking about your family but if you're going to be all the way into your family why would you stay and play something you're not going to be fully into so maybe she wants to see things happen with her daughter that she has now have another child or children and then Mm -hmm. maybe she's still open to going back to the game after so i mean retirement is a big word because you think retirement and you think done you know like done Unless you're Tom Brady and uh, Rob Gronkowski. Unless you're Tom Brady and telling everyone you're retiring so that you can go and try to become a quarterback for the Dolphins. So you can screw the Dolphins? (laughs) Bro. 
<laughs> anyway, that's not what we're talking about. But yeah, there's just there's there's so many things that, that she's gonna do that or that she wants to do that's gonna take time away from the game. But I think also uh, as a competitor and just how tough of a of competitor she is, she's she's probably not wanting to give up the game fully at this moment, you know. Like I just, think she's so. I think she's coming to grips with it. I think she I has. think she's but I think I mean, she knows that there's other stuff. There's definitely other ways she wants to spend her time, like you said, yeah. with her family. And like she said, growing that family. And then, yeah, the, the venture, the cap, the venture capital firm that she started. Right. Um, yeah, it's just time management, right? Right. Like she wants to, these things are more important than the, the most important thing is, that she's ever done. Yeah. Evolution is dope because it, show, it shows also the little girls that are watching at home, even the little boys that are watching at home, that you're not pigeonholed into just being uh, that one thing your whole life. Like everybody's Ooh, like, oh, yeah. there. No, Serena Williams, the business owner. No, that's Serena Williams, the mom, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. Serena Williams, the broadcaster. Unity leader. Bro- yep, yep. Man, this is definitely not the end of us seeing serena williams by far no not at all no no we're we're just gonna see her in different uh avenues right uh in that and those avenues are going to both fulfill her and give her more time uh to be able to spend with family and things that other things that she wants to and if uh, she was great at tennis she's gonna be great at these other things as well because she i mean and shout out to shout out to one of the greatest ever, man, uh, Kobe, man, because he was great on the court. But when he left the court, I wasn't too big of a foul, you know, to be honest. You know, you want to be honest now. You get asked Noah. I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan while he was on the court. because I lived in the Jordan era. I grew up watching Jordan. But and you have to pick he, one. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> right, you can't. That's cheating. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, as soon as he left the game, he became one of the greatest players to me ever just because of what he was doing off the court. But I was able to correlate that with what he did on the court. It was his competitiveness. He would not give up at anything. And because he was one of the greatest basketball players ever, and he put all that work on the court, he left the court and became one of the greatest fathers ever because he put all his energy into that. And so I think the same thing will happen with Serena. I think she has the same drive. Um, as people love to call it, as Kobe Coignet, that Mamba mentality. And I think she's going to bring it to whatever she does after, just like Kobe did to his life after basketball. So it'll be great to watch. I can't wait. Serena, Kobe, some great champions. Yes. Um, Both called by many the greatest of all time in their sport. Arguably the greatest of all time in their sports. Where does Serena rank? in the pantheon of greatest of all times in their sports is there was is there another person who dominated their sport more than serena williams i don't know if there's another person who dominated more but i mean you have players like uh, martina narvatalova who was amazing uh federer probably has his name in there too um mm. man uh, pete sampras was Amazing, <laughs> Pete Sampras. Pete Sampras, bro. 
Pete Sampras. Uh, so I mean, yeah, you, you, uh, you have players like that. They were our players, but I don't think any one of them um, has done as much as as. Serena, do so. do Nadal and Jokic, uh, Jokic, uh, Novak Jokic in the, for the Nuggets, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, twenty-one and twenty-two Grand Slams. Nope, nope, nope. no, no, nope. no. What about a different sport? Michael Jordan dominated yeah, for. No one, sorry. You, do Do you remember who you're talking to? No one touches Michael. I'm sorry. All right, so you have Serena right behind Michael. No man. What? What? Gretzky and hockey? Like, is it? Is it the same? Or are those like? Yeah. Yeah. Too are, but are those too much like of a team sport where other things, like other parts of the game, are on other people? I know you counted championships as something that adds to their greatness, but when you think about it, honestly. It's what they brought to the game as an individual, like, mm. you know, like to the game itself, not to just the team that they played for, but stuff that they brought to the game, how they made the game greater as a whole. Like how many, how I mean, how great would basketball have been without Jordan, do you think, before it got to Kobe, before it got to LeBron? Like I know they would have been a player, longer right? time for it to become like a high-flying league. Right. Like once Michael Jordan, I mean – and I hate to say this because it's uh, everybody uses argument, but bro, my my, my guy's been retired for so long, but his shoes are still like they sell out every time they come out. They drop, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that's the advertising machine of Nike. True, but if they never had a Jordan to come out to pick these shoes, true, Nike is nowhere near without Jordan. If they never had a flu game, you wouldn't be at a reseller trying to pay twelve hundred bucks for the flu game uh, Jordan Polo that came out. You know what I mean? I know it's probably not twelve hundred bucks, but that's just I mean the flu it, game. It, it the flu game. He drinks. Cool. He drank some stuff that you're supposed to drink after practice instead of yeah, Gatorade. So, you know the stuff that they drank in um, uh, Space Jam. When he uh, went out there, <laughs> that's, that's that's what he drank. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think the uh, I forget which book it was, but it was um, he thought he was drinking Gatorade, and it was like Gatorall or something, and mm-hmm. something was dehydrating. So he was trying to drink Hella to rehydrate, and he was actually drinking Hella that dehydrated him, and he was so out of it. That Pippen had to carry him off the court, <laughs> and then he just like, "That's cool. It's the least Pippen could do." Because, <laughs> <Pippen is laughs> career. because Michael carried Pippen <laughs> for so long before that. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I, so Serena's what top two, greatest of all time. Top five. Top five. Top Name five. two or three other people that are better than her Tom Brady in her sport or in like their, just in their yeah in their sport oh no top uh yeah definitely top two not two though <laughs> I feel it I feel it well even um, yeah you know what yeah Serena Williams is top five but she's not two three four or five top five top two I know I said I'm top five and I'm top two and I'm not two 
Exactly. <laughs> Got one. Hope you had Go one. It's not one. Nah. <laughs> okay. Serena Williams evolving away from tennis um, to focus more on her family and Serena Ventures. So good luck to her and uh, everybody else. Let's play a commercial. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, hit that website, levasaislandapparel.com. Hit that first collection button, Sunset, Sunrise, Wave. You feel me? Read that little that little paragraph, that little stanza, that little excerpt, short story, if you will. You feel me? Y'all probably won't read it. It's okay. Scroll down. You're going to see what we got available in the Sunset, Sunrise, Wave collection. You feel me? Some hoodies, some crew neck action going on, some tees, and a, and a couple of tumblers, bruh. I just thought it looked dopey. Some How much heme is you finna pour in the tumbler, bruh? All right. And we're back. I'm trying to put commercials in the middle now. We don't. Hey. No. Uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Lebasa Island Apparel, our sponsor uh, for this show. I was just our, saying our main sponsor. Okay. You can you can put. Remember the TikTok he did? Was it a TikTok that he showed us that he did? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he voiced over. Uh, Bro, that was so that. good. Yeah. So you can play that in the middle of this stuff. It doesn't even have to be different ones. You can play that one all the time. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna use the uh, the Levasa hit, but yeah, I'll look up see if I can get the audio, the audio for yeah. that one. Um, Tom Brady is a cheat. No, Tom Brady. Okay, or is it? Actually, let's back up. Tom Brady was not disciplined in the Miami Dolphins integrity of the game punishment that was handed out last week if you can't prove it you can't prove it you know what i mean wait what listen so the dolphins owner sets up meetings with ryan flores to try to convince tom brady to all be down together it's not it's not against the rules for tom brady Right. To talk to them, it's against right. the rules for them to try to persuade Tom Brady. Right, and the Dolphins. You, re- I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. I'm a Brady no, fan. No, no, no. Right. I have hate for Tom Brady. Fuck you, know I, mean? I will always have hate for Tom Brady. You're just saying it's not against the rules for a player to listen break, to an he owner. Didn't break a rule, right? He did not break a rule. So the owner goes to a different team's quarterback and he says, hey, come be the quarterback for my team and also we'll let you be a front office person. Also, I'm getting the coach from the Saints who still coaches for the Saints to come over here as well. And then once all that's sorted out, you'll have like one season in the front office and then at age 43 or 44, you can be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins with a front office credit. And Tom Brady was like, oh, this is perfect. This is my chance to become like a front office ownership type. So he's like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Hey, Bucks, I'm retiring. It's been fun. Thank you, Tampa Bay. Thank you, Bruce Arians. Appreciate the, the ring. I'm outro. And then Boston Globe reports on everything that actually happens. Stephen Ross trying to get another quarterback from another team, actively trying to get another coach from another team. The Dolphins lose 
a first round draft pick this year, a third round draft pick next year, and are fined collectively two million dollars. Well, also, and, and Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, is suspended halfway through. This. Those guys saw Sean Payton saying, "Hey, I'm going to retire too." <laughs> Eggs, the same. Yeah. So it's, now Sean Payton's like, "Oh, yeah. right." This really <laughs> speaks to the narcissism and <laughs> the ego of Stephen Ross thinking that he was going to be able to pull all this stuff off and get away with it. <laughs> Ew, right. Because the right way to do it is to ask the current team's permission right? since they have a contract with them. Right. 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 So, you, hey, we're trying to, you know, see if your guy wants to come over here. Is it okay if we talk to him? Right. And they'll be like, yeah, or they'll be like, no. No. Yeah. Both of the teams said no. You can't talk to our coach. You shouldn't talk to our quarterback. He went and did it anyway, and now the Dolphins are asking Tua Tagovailoa questions like, hey, did you know that the owner was trying to get a Tom Brady to come and take over for you? And now Tua's like, I, I'd never heard that. I just heard what y'all heard. And, I mean, as far – Tua says he feels supported. Well, do you believe they that? Don't have a choice. They don't have a choice anymore. Right. No, no, no. But do you think he really feels supportive at, as the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins? I think he does now. But I think uh, before everything happened, he was probably super, super just stressed over there. Like, didn't know what was going to happen. Like, I mean, I, I, as a quarterback, I think his career would have been cool. Like, even if he got shipped out or – released those the team he's too good of a quarterback not to get uh latched on somewhere else but at the same time it's like they drafted me you know i mean um the way i imagine it and i don't know how it is for everybody because i don't know i've never played a professional sport like that uh especially the nfl but my thing is if i get drafted to this team and i i want to be there i want to win there mm-hmm. you know and i want the people there who drafted me to believe in me <laughs> And when once that starts getting doubted, it it, it sucks. You know, I'm pretty sure. It, and that's sucks. that's what I'm saying. It's got to show all this news that's coming out that the owner really is getting fined 1.5 million dollars right. for shit he the tried owner, to do to replace you as the quarterback. Actual asshole. <laughs> that doesn't tell you that they were trying to replace you. How do you go out? How does Tua really go out into these interviews saying, "Oh, I feel totally supported by the owner." So I, I he just tried to replace you, bro. But as I, I, what, I think he's lying. Let me pose this question: As an owner, though, if you do have the opportunity, even if it's the smallest opportunity, and you got to go through some hoops to jump it to have the greatest quarterback ever come in quarterback for your team, would you not try? No, not that it, Tom Brady, right in year forty-five, six. No. Little, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade away multiple picks or like foundational. He didn't know he was going to get caught doing it, though. For sure, but I no, no, no. I I would if I wanted to upgrade over Tua. I wouldn't pick. Oh wait, okay. So maybe you're just like, well, if Tom Brady comes here for one, maybe two years, we could win a Super Bowl, and that's really all that you had to hear to pull the trigger on it. 
like you could win a Super Bowl. Right. Uh, that's tough because I want to say if I want to get a better quarterback, I would rather get a younger. No, I feel that. I feel that. I, feel I would that. rather get. You're thinking um, longevity of the team. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. that. But, but if I you're like a super old ass dude who's about to die, I can see how <laughs> you go and get yeah. Sean Payton and Tom Brady. Exactly. And you're like, I gotta make this real fantasy football win right. once. The win now mentality is what I thought, what I think really got it. But also I think it's just being egotistical, thinking to himself, I could do it. I'm gonna go do it. And people have been saying that wow. that guy's kind of like he's the nice word is eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's been news a lot about how he's not—he's strange. But hey, if you have—I guess people with that much money can afford to be strange like that. Weird. Yeah. The okay, so Tom Brady with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Oh my goodness, Mike Gesicki, a bunch of running backs. Some of them they can catch. Chase Edmonds. People also forget though that uh, man, Tom Brady doesn't have the arm. Like people are complaining about. Or, we're complaining about Tua's arm getting the ball over to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Tom Brady, Brady don't got that cannon. He don't got that cannon. You know mm. what I mean? He looked and, like he did when he had Randy Moss. Right. But that, so the thing I'm going to say, too, what I told everybody else when they like people at work were like, oh, man, your, your guy's not going to be able to get the ball to him. It's like, well, if you throw uh, Tyreek Hill a 10-yard pass and he runs it to 40 yards, you still get credited for 50 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yep, yep. There's going to be a lot of that. There's going right. to be a lot of that. They're not going to stop it right in the book. Oh, two only threw it 10 yards, so we're not going to give him the other the other 40 to make 50. So nope. there's, there's like low-key a petition to limit quarterback yards, passing yards, to air yards only. So if you, throw, if you throw a slant, no, I feel you, only it. Get, you only get like four yards. And then the rest is yak. It's all receiving yards. That's funny. So you, I think that would really show. I mean, they already have air yards as a category, uh, but that really shows when you compare that to passing yards, uh, which which quarterbacks are throwing it super deep with those high averages uh, or throwing it low and getting big yards after catch. That and that that also is a that also is a, a you know. Uh, skill to be able to put the ball to find receivers and put the ball on them in such a way that they're able to continue going upfield for big chunks. So that's what I was just about to say. That's that's the thing. You to put a ball pinpoint where it's supposed to be on a five yard out or like you know what I mean. Mm. That's yeah, yeah, and to to give him room to where and mm. I know a lot of people who are just like fans of the game who really don't watch or, you know what I mean, have been around coaches, but to to quarterbacks really think about where they're throwing the ball so that the receiver can get yards after the catch, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel it because, I mean, it's like, all right, yeah, that's true because then you give all the credit to the guy catching the ball. That's fine. You know what I mean? The yards after catch, but at the same time, it's still a skill trying to fit the ball between two defenders you know what I mean? With the mm-hmm. third back defender, you know, getting it perfect somewhere where the back defender is going to miss and the two guys can't defend the mm-hmm. ball. And guys, so those are the best. Those like it that drop between a triangulated right. defensive coverage. And it's yeah. just like 
right over the hands of the DB, but right That's, before the safety comes crashing down. That is and you're so like, crazy. Dot, you better hold on. Right. That's you don't understand the accuracy it takes it to just get it over. Like, oh. and you have to consider he's gonna jump too. So you gotta figure out man, how high he jumps, how tall he is where the ball's got to be so it doesn't go over your receiver's head into the defender's hands in the back. It's mm. a lot. It's a lot. I love, I love that shit, bro. Yeah. That's some, some football plays or actions really show just how dialed in uh, some and, of these ballers are. And that's are. why, like, people will say, well, I mean, being a quarterback in the – yeah, well, that separates those guys who are starters, mm-hmm. well, superstars, tier one, tier two, tier three, as they have now, and then just regular starters and then backups. Because being a backup in the NFL is no easy job either. You right. Know, being a backup, it also there's also a lot that goes into being on a professional team. I mean, politics, you'll talk to a lot of guys because, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure we know a lot of guys who should be playing in the league, you know, uh, from back home who doesn't have the opportunity because politics, you know. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are really connected. Like your high school coach is connected to an offensive coordinator who's in college, who's connected to an NFL. So just like anything else, a lot of it sometimes is who you know. If you're a prospective football player, where what do you what do you need to do to get to the next level, to get to the NFL, to play football professionally? You need eyes. You need good relationships. You need connections. You need people right. that see your tape. You right. need good tape. You need good tape. You need it. You need to have it on the field. You need to have it in the classroom for sure to get right. like easy transition over to college. Have good grades. Right. Unless, unless you're unless you're that guy on Saturday, every Saturday afternoon that's getting his name called on TV. You know what I mean? The process is a lot way harder for you. And even if you're that guy, like there's some guys who have been great in college who have been drafted in like the sixth round and then never get a chance to play in the NFL. So, yeah. It just all depends. It, but it also depends on the team situation that you get drafted to. Because like Trey Lance and Mac Jones, two completely different quarterbacks, right? Different in right. almost every sense. Yeah. But Mac Jones going at 15 to the Patriots – Versus Trey Lance going third overall after the Niners traded up hell of picks are totally different situations for what they paid for you Definitely. and what the what the now expectations are yeah. to recoup that payment for that draft pick for those draft picks. So now Trey Lance is like, hey, you got to be the starter, bro. You got to go get in there. Mac Jones. I mean, what was he starting week one? I forget, but he it feels like yeah. he was allowed to kind of grow into his situation a little but, better. So even 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 though um Trey Lance still played he played in a uh I don't want to say a less competitive league because he wasn't he was at North mm-hmm. Dakota State. Mm-hmm. But uh FBS FCS. Yeah. I don't think anybody else would have taken um Mac Jones that early. You know what I mean? There were rumors that he was going third to the Niners. Yeah, no. But they were uh, just like, no, nah, look at this chubby dude. Like his pro day stuff was like some Tom Brady shit. But not even that. You, you're going to take the guy who couldn't beat Tool out for a spot in college? I mean, look at him right now. 
is Mac Jones. Mac Jones was like the best quarterback of the rookies last year. But what did he do though? Like how he did took he his do team? It? He took his team to the playoffs. Right, but he was in the in the in the right. If he was drafted to any other team and he would have started any other way, there's no way. Like he got there, the offense was set to do things for him. I, uh, what Belichick was there? I, I, that offense is not like they didn't have any Pro Bowl. Oh no, I'm not or... talking about like great great people around him, but they didn't they didn't the system. Yeah, the system itself. Mm. Sorry, the system was set up for him to succeed. Look at all the quarterbacks. They they did change some shit. Like they had that one game where they only threw two passes. Exactly. Exactly. I think that was like because of the wind. It was like fifteen. the wind is blowing? But they got the win. They did. They and that's what I'm saying. And I'm. This is nothing Mm. against Mac Jones. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a great quarterback in the league. But uh, Trey Lance was drafted that high strictly off of potential, I think, Mm -hmm, and the talent mm -hmm. that they saw and the raw talent. That Mac Jones did not have the physical possibility ceiling. Yeah, Trey Lance's ceiling. Yeah, Trey Lance's ceiling. Right is and, on uh, some Patrick Mahomes shit. Right, and Mac Jones' floor is high, but that's his his floor. his, his ceiling is yeah is um, like <laughs> if you're if everything goes great, you could be Tom right. Brady, but that's still kind of like right. Like limited to the pocket, not a lot of mobility. Right. Maybe doesn't have that processing yet to see the defense pre-snap, post-snap. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I, I yeah, Trey Lance definitely super high ceiling. Anytime I see a quarterback come out of New England besides Tom Brady, I always the people are always like, so it happened with uh, Brissett. He left. It happened with Stidham when he left. Happened with uh, Garoppolo when he left, and everybody's like, "All oh, these guys are gonna go and be great starters at these other places." Mm-hmm. And no, <laughs> they weren't. Stidham is a backup with the Raiders, who's actually doing pretty good as a backup. Hey, that Hall of Fame game, yeah. the rollout, he scrambled. Yeah, yeah he got a touchdown. Jared, oh, and I didn't even think about this, but every time I hear a former Patriot is now playing for the Raiders, I'm thinking, duh. Uh, because your quarterback, yeah, was the offensive coordinator, and now he's right. got, he's got his backup quarterback. He's got Bolden, got Bolden, and these are guys that are able to come in and be like, oh, he doesn't so have this route, right? Yeah, and they can help explain it to other people, and that's the best. Uh, and that's why these that guys it. People are always think the average fan, and if you listen, if you go into these uh, these rooms, these these fan rooms, and they talk about it, it gets frustrating because you know, I mean, they're what about the O-line? We didn't sign anybody for the O-line. Or how come we kept this guy? Why do we have this many running backs? In this? The system has changed. There's a new coach there. He has a whole new staff. It's going to be a different system. So, like, what he's doing now is part of what's going to make his system work. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. Um, but going back to what we were talking about, yeah, I – all these quarterbacks, like Brissett's, he's a lifelong uh, journeyman. He's good, though. He's also very good, but as a starter, still hasn't taken the team to the playoffs. Uh, Brissett? Brissett? Yeah. Uh, Jacoby. Yeah, he's good, though. I like him. I, I think he could have been a starter a couple years back for uh, Indianapolis, maybe, if they gave him a chance. It's just he stayed there. He yeah. could have been a starter for a while. Uh, Garoppolo, if you look at his numbers and, the, like, the record in Frisco, it's going to look like he's done, like, because the numbers are great, 
but he's barely played and he still hasn't taken them to a Super Bowl. So, and they're about to get rid of him. So, the system in New England, I think for quarterbacks themselves, it's it's just set for them to do well, you know, or at least the, for the team to do well, for whatever they're going to do, the team is going to do well. It's set up for them to not lose the game. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like ball control, controlled runs. You know, the one quarterback it down the field. If he didn't get hurt, that would have went to New England and been probably one of the greatest quarterbacks after he went to New England, would have been Alex Smith because he never did anything overly wrong. Mm-hmm. He would have been perfect for that system. Nice. Alex Smith would have probably won a Super Bowl there. Um, yeah, the quarter – the quarterbacks from this last draft, number one, Trevor Lawrence, two, Zach Wilson, three, Trey Lance, 11 overall was Justin Fields, and then 15 overall was Mac Jones. Yeah, I feel like some of these, uh, a lot of, I think every year, a lot of the picks that are early uh, that seem to not meet expectations or the hype when they first come in, top five picks in the NFL, whatever, maybe they don't pan out. They're still super talented, amazing football players, but maybe, you know, the depth chart situation or the offensive or defensive uh, philosophies just don't maximize their talent as a player uh, within that team structure. So it could just be like you end up on a bad team and they just don't know how to – like Calvin Johnson – Hall of Famer, crazy one of the greatest receivers of all time. His, one of his teams went 0 16. Right. But see, that, uh, but that never that never stopped his potential from being who he was. Like if we're talking about like Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones is in the perfect place to where we're gonna see him be a, a great quarterback in the league. I think if he goes into another team, it's either gonna take a lot longer for him to be to see that potential, or it's not gonna happen. But like you said. That's what a GM's job is and his scouts is to mm. pick these kids to go out there and look for kids who are going to fit within their system. You just like they could be the most talented person out there. Number one pick and everything. We saw it, Ryan Leaf. You know, what I mean, just they had all the physical tools. Jamarcus Russell, physical okay, tools, thank you. everything. But when they came in, they, they didn't fit with the system. And that's not just uh, the offense that they're running it. It's the whole organization together. You have to come in. You have to really scout these kids. And and uh, we're not even talking about having them being uh, like a psychological check, you know, background check. But just for them to come in and be able to fit with how the team is being run, how people are being coached. Kids in this day also, you know, I mean, you have a lot of uh, player coaches who kind of just, I think uh, cater more to their players or mm. certain players. Uh, and then there's coaches who are old school who are just like, bro, if you're not going to come here and work, then I don't care who you are. It's not going to work for you. And a lot of these kids have already been coddled since like Pop Warner days. You know, they've been told since they were kids, like, bro, you're the greatest ever. Don't let anybody tell you anything, you know, different. And, and they're not the greatest. Well, I mean, if you're gonna come, to, if you if you're not gonna be part of a system, if you're not gonna be willing to grow somewhere, then no, because no one's gonna be able to see what you can do because they can't get past your fat head. You know what I mean? 
Roger. Case be a likable, not don't be an asshole. The the two co- and they were on the show, and I know the show probably really made them look worse than they really are. But quarterback one had Martel Tate, who went to um Bishop Gorman and was uh he had to be top 10, top five quarterbacks in the country at the time he was a senior. I know he was a four-star, five-star coming out. Um, had the choice to go anywhere, decided to go the show. He was such an asshole on that show, bro. And I don't know if they have the season anymore that he is quarterback one. Like he was like, like you would not, I don't know. He wasn't, he was a real asshole as a senior. And then uh, his career just went to Ohio state and then Justin Fields came in and, you know, transferred from Georgia, beat him out for the job. (laughs) And then he was like, you know what? I don't want to be here. I'm going to transfer. Decided to transfer. I think he went to, I think he tried to transfer back to UNLV. Didn't work. Ended up in Miami. And then the Eric King got there and (laughs) bypassed him as well. And then he was ready to transfer again, but ended up just retiring from football. And now he's not even in football anymore because he's a dick. And then (laughs) (laughs) Spencer Rattler, uh, who's at uh, at South Carolina right now, I think he really got – he wasn't too – he wasn't as bad as Martel Tate on the show. Uh, And if you guys didn't hear me again, when I was like quarterback one, it's on Netflix. They take four or five seniors, I think, who are in high school Mm. and they follow them around. Um, yeah, he was, I guess, I, I don't want to say typical because that's, that sucks, but he was like, if you had <laughs> the stereotypical, uh, quarterback, the, the, the way he acted, that's how he acted, but he wasn't like overly a dick. Like you saw him like care about his teammates and stuff like that, but he was doing stuff where you knew that, uh, he knew he was the number one kid and he was just like, he did what he wanted. Then he got to Oklahoma. Had a, I think he also got a really bad hand, a dealt a really bad hand at Oklahoma because, um, they got that kid. Uh, what's Caleb Williams? Is that his name? That transfer? Yeah. So that was his backup. But Spencer Rattler did pretty good. He was he was all right in the season. And then he had that one really bad game, and they brought in Caleb Williams, and then he never got a chance to get back in. That sucks. Like, bro, really the one game, and then now I can't go back in. Have you, there's like a balance between like being an alpha baller and being just an asshole person. Right. What is, have you ever had like a player that was so good that you couldn't bench them even though they were a dick? I'm not that coach. And I'm not saying I'm better than any of the other coaches or like I'm a hard ass, but there's, there's, Four other guys who you're going to be on the court with, because we're talking about basketball, coach basketball. There's four other guys you're going to be out there, and as good as you are, you know what I mean. If if you're a dick, I'm not going to play you, man. I don't care, man. I'll bring you off the bench. That's fine. I'll play you like that. But I'm spark plug, right? (laughs) I mean, and then because there's, uh, I've always been uh, really privileged as a coach at Tafuna to have like two or three really good players on my team. You know what I mean? And even potential-wise, I probably had, like, four. Like, you could really come to the game. You'll see the one guy who I probably count on a lot, and then you'll see, mm-hmm. like, the other dude who I could sub him out and keep that guy out of the corner, which is good. Then you'll see two other guys who will do something, like, super amazing in the game. Like, and you're like, oh, damn. Like, I, I probably couldn't – If only – Right. If only you could do that 
two or three, four, five, six, seven times a game instead of the one time and then do like some really dumb shit the other two times. <laughs> yeah. You your player I mean? plus your plus minus. Mm, right. No. It's really bad. And so but yeah, no. Um it's all about I'm, vibes. Yeah, I'm not gonna play if and and that's the thing, man, because if you you want to win in a team sport, people have to believe in you if you're gonna be uh that top player on the team. You don't have to be the leader. You don't have to be the leader because I've had I've coached teams where my star player was the most quiet person in the back. You know what I mean? But everybody knew that he was a star player. He was going to do what he do. You know what he does. And I had a leader who would lead the team. But if you guys aren't on the same page, then it's not going to work. You're not going to win. It, it's not worth having an asshole superstar that averages 20 points a game. I don't think so. But that's me personally. That's me personally. There's a lot of coaches who will suffer. I, I, I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be one of those coaches that. Well, I mean, we've all suffered through stuff that we should have said no to. Right. Oh, a long yeah, time no. ago in life. That's 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 even coaching. There's been times where I've like, for the sake of the team, like it's about to be a win, and I know I should have took this person out, and not because he was being an asshole to like maybe our teammates. Maybe he did something on the court that I was like. I'm also very competitive. So if you're going to start talking shit, um, I'm talking shit to you. So, you know what I mean? And if I see like, and as a high school kid, I don't think that should be so serious on the court. Mm. But if I see things like that on the court, I know, I, I know I've had to tell myself that's not cool, man. You know what I mean? Take them out. But, and then there's been other times I've been like, well, you know what I mean? We're only down five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Just they're, get a couple buckets real quick, right. and then I could pull them. Right, they're only down five. Maybe, maybe if we get the lead to ten, then I'll bench him. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. What else we got going on? Kevin Durant. Man, look, the guys. If not the greatest offensive player right now in the game, uh, he's. Top five for sure. And I get it. I love it that players are able to have more control over their contracts, over where they go, you know, stuff like that. Stuff that they previously probably didn't have a say over where owners were just like, no, you know what I mean? This is your contract. This is where you're going. We're going to trade you. Doesn't matter. We don't care what you think. You know, now they have trade clauses and things of that sort. Uh, you can work hell some of these guys are working out their contract on their own now without even an agent uh present that's cool what but, but he is really just like bro you're not the owner of the team like my man gave he gave the governor of brooklyn an ultimatum <laughs> he gave side ultimatum get rid of these two people which is the coach and the general manager or i'm not playing Kevin Kevin Durant said, trade me or replace my coach and the general manager. Steve Nash and Sean Marks or something. Yeah. Who Steve Nash is a coach. Has he had any coaching experience before? No. How did did you did you see any of his coaching this year? Um I, I watched a couple of games. I mean uh I saw him get swept by the Celtics. <laughs> I've seen a lot of teams get swept by the Celtics. Though. That's it. I mean, you can coach as good as you want, but if you don't have the players to execute uh, what you need done on the court, you're not going to win. I don't I don't care if you watch the big green 
or the Bad News Bears or Adam McKay. But you have Steve. Okay, Steve Nash. What do you like? Would you rate him as a coach? Do, do you think he has any coaching abilities? I do. I think he does. I think he does. Point I guard, think, right? You got to be yeah. able to explain. You got to know things. You got to know things on the court. You got to know where people are going to be at. It doesn't always translate to being a good coach, though. That is right. the truth. It will not always translate. Just because you were a great player or a great mm-hmm. coach on the court, it won't always translate to you being a great play, uh, coach on the bench. There's a lot of things that go into coaching. People think that you just sit there and kind of just – send people in, send people out, direct people. No, you got to have the right people on the court at the right time. <laughs> There's going to be situations where somebody shouldn't be on the court or you're going to have to drop a play. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to have to figure out what they're doing on the other side and counter that stuff. So coaching is tough. What are the pieces of the pie to coaching basketball? Like play calling. There's depth chart. There's assembling your roster. Games change so much that I mean, you're gonna have like four or five plays that you're gonna, I think that you can count on. Uh, and I'm coaching because I coach high school, so this is what I'm going off of. But I think you, if at any level, you'll have your system that you go through, and then you'll have your like plays that you count on in that system. But for the most part, like you can have your guys out there. You don't want them just playing free ball all the time. But mm-hmm. the game is in such a transition mode right now that. It's an up and down, up and down game. So you're gonna put your five best players out there, depending on the situations, and kind of just like if. So if you're a transition team, there's still ways to run plays during transition. People also don't get that, that when they get out there, it's like, oh man, there's no, there's, there's no coaching there. These guys are just transition basketball. No, they have. So if you come on down on a break, they do have what they call secondary breaks. So where like if you're on a fast break. The secondary mm-hmm. break is the play you run, and you're still in the break. So when you get down there, the uh, all the players know what play you're calling. When you get down there and the first part of your fast break is done, now everybody's moving to certain spots because it's a secondary break. You're still in transition. And all those trailing guys are coming right. through trying to they catch. All, yeah. like a... And they're not just running. Okay, sometimes they're running. They don't know where they're going. But most of the time, most of the time, they all have a spot that they know where to be at. You know, so they have transition plays, uh, inbound plays and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's more than just managing players. Um, but it's like play calling is not as big, I don't think, these days anymore, just because the games change so much. Like you have guys who are able to come down now and hit threes at half court without, you know, on a break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. But you still want to be in that system, and you want guys to fit into your system. You know, so if you're going to run two bigs and be traditional and actually have a center who doesn't stretch the floor, who probably just rebounds, blocks shots, runs the floor, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to – or and then you have a power forward, maybe he stretches the floor, or you have two really big bigs, and you're going to work the – so you go inside out, outside in. Um. Yeah, man, basketball's evolved so much. And I think coaching has to evolve with it. So, like, I can learn that. When you're uh, playing pickup basketball after you haven't played for a while, what's the smartest, like, way to go about it? Just, like, catch and shoot threes from the quarter? No, make or... sure you have an oxygen tank on the side. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Make sure Stay you breathing. have an oxygen tank on the side. Nah, Bro. yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe play some pickup, like, maybe, like, three on three. 
uh, try to work yourself. Yeah, try to work yourself back into like a full game. I fucked up, bro. I went the last time I went to play basketball. I was supposed to meet somebody. I think it was Jr. In Vancouver, like I drove to Vancouver. Oh, I've been Tuesday. to those runs, man. You know, those are real runs, bro. <laughs> those are real runs, bro. I got in. I was like, I finished one game, and I was about to yeah. walk back to my car. But the next game started so quickly, and that second game, I was like, it felt like my lungs were outside of my body, and I was trying to like squeeze them together to compress some air into oh, my man. blood but like yeah, i was either gonna throw up or pass out and i couldn't i couldn't sub out so i kind of just went three point line to three point line top of the key top of the key just kind of <laughs> just like outlet outlet no, man. Oh, so uh <laughs> me paul Noah, will we went one time and that was when I had just moved out here to Vancouver with live with these guys. And we went to go run. And mind you, so those you, you're not if you don't know the three guys that I just named, mm, some ballers. If you're, if you're listening right now and you don't know, they stay in shape. Paul is a personal trainer. Will stays yeah. in shape. He plays uh pickup ball. He plays in uh soccer leagues. Uh, I'm trying to get into that flag football league. He be oh, that, yeah, that'd probably be dope. Uh no stays fit and he's he played uh uh he played college basketball. So we get there and then JR's two boys there who are also mm-hmm. very fit, they're younger, they run his daughter Katie, who is an amazing shooting guard at uh Sacramento State right now, who's killing it, gonna be into her second season, sophomore year. Um, who we should get on the show sometime. Uh shout out to Katie Pinuetta. Shout out Katie. Uh, State. Right, she was there, and then they had Damn. guys. Yeah, right. And, so, and then, so imagine that. that That's five people who are probably could kill anybody else on the court. Uh, six, sorry, that's six six people. And then they had people from the church who, who actually run still. Like, you know what I mean? Who were like yeah. fit and just up and down the court. And then, so I played the first game, and then I was, I was done, man. <laughs> I was done. And I'm the type of person, like, I'm going to try to if, – if I'm not going to play good offense, I'm going to try to run everyone on defense. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I can do it. But my body was like, bro, what are you thinking? <laughs> so after the first game, I kind of just sat down. And the guy was like, oh, thank God, as I sat down, more people were coming into the gym. I was like, oh, man, we're going to play, man. <laughs> Oh, new, new, new team, man. Right. Let, give them a chance. Yeah, you guys are good, man. And it's funny because, like you said, you're going three point to three point. So was I. But then I heard, like, this guy, the guy on my team, he wants to run. He's like, bro, you got to run with me. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, yeah, no. You can yell at me all day long. No, no. we're good. I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you what I got right now. Great. <laughs> you're getting what you get. Come on, man. I, uh, there was a flag football league, uh, not a league, but a, like just pick up flag football on Saturdays at Alberta Park down on Ainsworth and 17th oh, uh, wow. in Portland. And when I first got here to the, got here, I was living in Vancouver and delivering pizzas out of a pizza hut, uh, on Killingsworth or not or on, on Alberta, uh, in Portland. And I would remember having to open at like 10 a.m. on Saturdays and delivering pizzas. And I would drive past this park 
and there were like 12, 15, 20 sometimes. Sometimes there were two flag football games going on side by mm-hmm. side. Like so many people playing flag football. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and every time I drove by there Saturday mornings, I was like, I want to play football. And like a month later, towards the end of the summer, I told the Pizza Hut manager, hey, I can't I can't open on Saturdays anymore. And he was like, what's going on? I was like, oh, it's a, like a lab. Uh, my class has like a Saturday morning. I can't make it. He was like, all right. Maybe you can work uh, in the, the evenings. I was like, sure, sure. That's fine. Uh, and I remember the first Saturday that I was off, bro, I drove from Vancouver back to Portland to that park. And a hell of people were playing flag football. And I just like walked up and I was like, hey, guys, they were like in a break. People were like drinking beers, yeah. taking shots, <laughs> like in a huddle. <laughs> but bro, it was like a bunch of like 20 to 30 year olds just getting drunk and high and playing flag football on the weekends. And I was like, my people, can I play? And they're like, yeah, man, get in here. And Come be the lineman. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I immediately broke my pinky finger like on the first kickoff coverage <laughs> snapped it back into place and was like just kept going but it's a uh, yeah it was flag it was you could flag guard which means like when people reach for your flag you, you could slap yo i was chopping the shit out of <laughs> anybody that came through <laughs> people stopped trying to tackle me i would score all the time it was great <laughs> they're like oh shit there's lance again no thank you <laughs> it was cool i like it uh that they're now doing a a chicago ball um have you ever heard of chicago ball no it's like softball but or it's like mush ball it's a uh, you don't need gloves because the ball is basically be- between yeah it's soft and it's big so it's between oh, yeah. like a softball and a volleyball Oh, and wow. you can throw it. So you can throw it to first base. Um, right. But you don't need a glove because it's so big you could two-hand catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're starting a Chicago game, a Chicago ball game uh, every week to try to get those guys back into shape because it's been like five years since we've played flag football with that group. Uh, and Chicago ball is – you could have fewer fewer people. and Right. Uh, you, you don't need as much equipment as – uh, flag football or actual okay. softball yeah um but we should we should definitely get out there and no yeah not 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 necessarily to that chicago ball game but start doing stuff where we become uh you know more physically active and stuff yeah. trying to go on walks so you, and i took my dog but you time. though bro you you working out them calves man you working out them thighs <laughs> we getting them hoochie daddy shorts that's for sure Getting, we're getting them ready. You in, you in the gym, bro. You're good. But like, I mean, but nah, because like, I still got to do cardio. Man, I went to walk my dog uh, in Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, uh, in uh, Federal Way when I was there. And so uh, my sister dog also. Uh, shout out to Sue. That's my that's my girl. She she's part husky. So <laughs> so much energy. So much energy. And she and so she's only like I think she's only like eight months now, but um she doesn't understand the concept of catch 
So what she likes for me to do is either it's a stick or a ball. She likes for me to throw it. She'll pick it up. And then she wants me to chase her to get it back instead of bringing it back to me. I hate that. So, Yo, they'll bring the ball back to you and be like, are you ready to play, human? Right, hey, exactly. Come fetch. That's come what fetch. she does. That's what like, she you does. ask, give me the ball so I can She's throw it like, oh, well, if you're going to make me run for it, I'm going to make you run for it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. But, and then, <laughs> Equality. Uh, yeah, our other our other dog, beautiful dog. His name is Hades. He's super active, and just in the house, he just once his cage is open and he sees me come through the door because I, you know, I bear, I'm barely there. I'm there like maybe mm-hmm. every other week, every two weeks. He just goes crazy. Yes, loves to see you. Yeah, but I mean, nice. trying to run with them in the field, like I remember back in the day. And of <laughs> course, I'm, I'm of course I'm not that age, but still, like I like. Oh man, shout out to my guy Cookie who's in Vegas right now. Uh he played point guard for us when we we're in uh Samoa for the Ninjas. Bro, he's a couple so, years older than me. But what's he, Cookie's last name? Uh he goes by Atoll. He's he's man. Oh man, that's this, he's he's in the gym now. And then, you know, I mean he's he's super modest and humble. He if we were talking right now, he'd be like, nah, nah, nah. But I know he can still run up and down the court right now. Uh at like I'm gonna be nice to Cookie and say he's like 44 or 43. <laughs> he might be a, no, actually, I think that's his actual age. But he gets up. And if you've seen him, like he he really just yeah. So like I want to be able to do stuff like that. Like uh, just you know, what I mean, I want to be able to. I look at uh, Katino Mobley playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been seeing a bunch of his videos or like he's his really, reels oh, yeah. or yeah stuff coming out. Yeah. Now, he, what is he coach? Is he coaching? basketball now or is he just oh, he's still playing just the learning motherfuckers on the court yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes into, like these open runs and just, just man these fools don't know some of them are too young to know who Coutinho Moby was For or sure. is so yeah. uh they they're picking a fight that they're not gonna win um but yeah like <laughs> I'm not I totally understand what you're saying man like and I, I'm I'm a firm believer of if you're not using it you're gonna lose it so if you're not staying active mm-hmm. man your your body's not gonna be active. It's not gonna move the way you want it to move anymore. So you gotta just be out there and be yeah. doing certain things. Stay active. My my four month old can't uh, run routes yet, so I need need to find other people to help me stay yeah. active. Please, yeah. So if you're trying to if you're in the Portland area and want to run some football with us or basketball, hit us up. <laughs> and there we. Uh, there we go. Any uh, shout outs for this week? Any dope things you saw at the Parley Fest or anywhere oh, else? Oh, man. Just actually just... shout out to uh, he goes by Tama Job Bless on uh, on Instagram and uh, and TikTok. He was the MC at the festival. He, he was made for stuff like this, man. You know what I mean? His energy was amazing. Uh, he had the crowd engaged the whole time. The MC? You know? Yeah. Nice. He was dope. He was dope. Shout out from, to, from uh, off island, or is he from not here? No, I, I think he's from. Uh, I think he's from uh, California. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. yeah. Keep the crowd. MC is a that's a job, man. Because you got to yeah, be no. able to get things going to keep the crowd like right. Checked and if in. there's any delays, you got to you know what I mean off oh, the floor. Yeah. Just be like, oh, you know, I look in the back yep. for the next performer. If he's not ready, then it's up to you. <laughs> but he also had a. Uh, Silulu, who's awesome. I don't know if you remember Silulu from. I don't know if she was there when you were back home, but she's uh, she's homegrown. Nice. Amazing, amazing, amazing person. 
Uh, shout out to Shidulu. She works also with Island Block Radio. Um, shout out to the whole crew out there, uh, Emerald Dynasty Entertainment, Jesse and Victoria and all their people. Um, and then shout out to John. Like, people didn't know, but me and John haven't seen each other for, like, I can say for more than five years. So, nice. like, man. Was able to meet, relink. Hey. Yeah, man. And just to watch him play live, man, was it was crazy. Like, him and the band, they were, they're so good, man. Fob Rockets, if you ever have a chance, you guys are somewhere and they're playing, I think they'll be at the next Poly Festival in Vegas on the 19th. Uh, I'm trying to finesse that one too. Uh, I don't know if I can. We'll see. Get it, bro. Like if you media, if you're media over here, you can do. Like I'm sure some of the artists too see the dope pics that you're posting. Oh man, uh, on your artists. pages, they were cool, man. They they really were. They were really engaging with the crowd and um, mm-hmm. you know walking out to the front and and then they. Were, I didn't see none of them. Like of course. They're cool people, and I know a lot of people would, but they didn't turn down no pictures that people were asking for. Nice. You know what I mean? They were talking to people. They were cool. It was cool, man. People got to see them. And shout out to everybody who was there um, at the uh, at the concert out in Auburn. The whole the crowd, all the people there. Such a good vibe, man. Like that's the kind of vibe you want to go to when you go into an event like that. Like people were just everybody was vibing with each other. Um, and there's no guarantee that there's not going to be any trouble anywhere you go. That's just life itself. That's not even um, just relegated to us as uh, Pacific Islanders. I mean, if you go places, all kinds of trouble is everywhere. But to be in that spot with no trouble, no nothing, everybody bobbing with each other, and especially with the recent shootings that have been going on in the Tacoma area and at the ADO concert, you know, it was really nice to be out there and, just see everybody be together, man. You know, isn't that uh, dope? Yeah, and coming, you know, me, Lance, you, you've grown up back home a little bit. I've grown up back home, and it's it's a really, it's a community based culture back home. Mm-hmm. And you know, what I mean, when we back home, yeah, of course, people fight, but you know, when we're vibing, everybody's vibing, everybody's vibing. You know what I mean? You know when you have one of those families that gets together for like a, like a big holiday, like Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe you get there a little early and then you see like one cousin come in and you're like, Hey, what's up? And then right, another right. wave of cousins and then some more aunties and uncles. And then people just keep showing up to this event and you're like, Oh, it's so dope to see you again. It's been so long. Yeah. That's what, well, that's what it feels like. Some of these poly events are, and like, that was the vibe. That was definitely the vibe. No, you hit it directly on the head. That was the vibe as I was watching people like interact with each other. And then all you heard was, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? And then like there were also people who traveled from uh other states to come to the fest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Traveled from other cities who made their way down. Drove there. up from Modesto. Right. <laughs> Drove up from Modesto, had car trouble, but still persevered and came over there and had a great oh, time, yeah. great showing. You know what I mean? Shout out to our guy, man. He's really doing his thing, man. Like, keep it E-Rod. going. Keep it going. Wave after wave. Right. And if you, if when you listen to this, Eri, because I know you listen to the podcast, Eri. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to this, when you listen to this, man, just know that uh, all your you and Boz work and everybody else who works with you too, it doesn't go unnoticed, man. You guys are doing really good stuff. 
keep it pushing, man. Keep it pushing. Everything you're putting out right now, even the new stuff that you're gonna try that you haven't tried yet, it's gonna work out. And if it doesn't work out, we're gonna try to you know another method of doing whatever we're doing, mm-hmm. and that's gonna work out. So, I've seen some crazy tie dye videos that are like pumping me up to I've try seen, them. Yeah, I've seen what you guys sent. So, <laughs> should we make cool. some shirts? Hey, man. Hey. If Eri, if Eri wants us to try it for him, then, you know what I mean? We'll be the guinea pig before he can try it, and nice. we'll show him how to do it. But as long yeah. as it's getting us somewhere, you know what I mean, that we weren't before. So Shout out to uh, Brother Eri with Levasa showing us right, yeah. you know, Eri, what can be done. And the whole Levasa clothing brand, you guys are doing great stuff, man. And mm. it's great to see you. I've seen you now at two events, and you've been at every other event pushing through. So, man. There you go. Texas, yeah. Long Beach, all over the Bay, all up and down me. the West Coast, up into the Pacific it's Northwest. Not it's not easy. The wave is moving. Shout right. out to uh, shout out to Levasa Island Apparel. Always online at levasaislandapparel.com. Oh, uh, man. man, one of my shout outs to you, bro. Like, you see, I see you doing your thing, man. Taking those pictures and really capturing oh, the vibes and the the essence of these events. And I appreciate it, man. I, and I hope when people tell me that stuff, to see. Man, and anytime people tell me that stuff, and I just like it, like you have, I get this like dumb all look on my face. It's real because <laughs> I, you know, what I mean, it, it's when people tell me that it's it means the world to me, man. I mean, obviously, certain people who tell me that it's gonna mean a little bit more just because, um, just because of my relationship with them. But when people just genuinely like, like even the like, I I was giving photos to a lot of people and. Uh, I gave some to Techie was there. He performed. I gave some photos to him. I gave whatever I had of uh, Tasi 1K. I gave him some photos. Uh, Molo Try, I gave him. He, he was cool. I gave him like two photos, but he was like, bro, these are like the best photos ever. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Kalapu Northwest, they posted the photo that I gave him, and he was like, best photographer out there. I was like, to nice. hear this, I mean, it. yeah, I appreciate it. Re- you can really capture and deliver these moments of joy right. for right. these people to re-experience right. for, you know, forever. So that's, it's really dope to see you doing something you're passionate yeah. about and no, really and sparking and joy in people. Yeah. And also, bro, you're doing events now. You're going to do even more events. They're going to be bigger events. They're going to be more that's artists. It's going to be, it's going to be really good to see. And I'm, I'm glad that's, uh, that's going on. And we definitely will continue to follow you and, capture all the stuff that you're continuing to capture out there yeah for sure Shit. like i said we're gonna have to get nora's uh, what is she now four months man she's uh five months next week in five, five right, she's a week a, away let's, let's do a six month shoot man let's yeah that's a, yeah that's something six months um also shout out to uh iman shumpert who was arrested at the dallas fort worth international airport uh Last weekend with six ounces of weed. And he asked if there was any way he could make his flight. (laughs) Is it is it cool if I take this, please? No, sir, you were arrested for a sizable amount of marijuana. We're gonna shout out uh Marshawn Lynch, who was just arrested yesterday. You I damn it. (laughs) They said he's signing back up for the Raiders. Shout, I didn't out, like that. shout out beast mode. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch. Man, everybody be safe, bro. Take your drugs in mo- uh like yes, what moderate. is it? Mo- moderiety? Yeah. <laughs> moderation, man. Moderation. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that also alcohol is a drug. So probably chill with that. Yeah, that's about it. Drink water. It's hella hot out there. We're going to be back next time, next week, with some yes. tips on how to stay uh, cool in the summer. And also, uh, we're going to have NFL preseason football this week. So we're going to be talking a lot of NFL training camp. And we're going to get some, know, other, uh, some other guys what in know, there. Man. Hey, a Hall of Fame game. Man. The Raiders beat the uh, – who was that really good team you guys beat? Hey, hey, they played their starters except for their quarterback and their running back. <laughs> Yo, oh, man. We also got to talk fantasy football soon because is Travis Etienne going to be a running back one? They're using him as, like, all over the place. I think it's going to be crazy. We're we're going to figure it out. But that is uh, – Yo, and we can also recap what a nightmare that was on the day of the draft when all the picks got changed. Jesus. <laughs> it was like, oh, did you tell everyone it was going to be a specific order? Random. Oh, <laughs> oh no, oh no, no. It worked out. But, hey, commissioner life. <laughs> yeah, it worked out for you. <laughs> Good stuff, man. That is our show, episode twenty-six of the Polynesian Podcast in the books. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay hydrated. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Amen. For Forrest, don't allow. I'm last. Follow Tongo. Stay balling. Love and light. Peace. Today's show, as always, sponsored by LivasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LivasaIslandApparel.com.